Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston. My name is David Amston. Welcome to the first sermon, 2024, kicking the year off right. We're going to walk, we're going to have a conversation about walk, walking into the new. This Sunday morning is not a sermon about how to get your New Year's resolutions in line. Okay? This Sunday morning sermon is not a self-help sermon. And here's why. For those of you who bothered picking out a New Year's resolution, FYI, statistically speaking, you will fail within the next couple months. Right? Because you say to yourself, there's this like time belief that if I get to the future, I will have the strength and energy to do what I have a desire to do now. But the fact is, you step into that time where you set yourself, you know what I'm talking about, I'm going to start losing weight come Monday. Right? No one ever says, I'm going to start losing weight now. Right? Because you think if by the time Monday gets here, you will build up the willpower to step into the energy that you need to actually conquer that thing you're talking about. And here's the fact is, it's not coming because the one big thing that hasn't shifted in your life is your head, is your brain, is your belief system, is your outlook. So here's how I've heard a wise man say this to me once. Amateurs learn by mistake, mistakes, but professionals learn through coaches. So this morning, I want to try to be your coach by looking at the children of Israel coming out of captivity, and you have the decision in your life to either be an amateur in life or a professional in life. An amateur does this. You're going to keep doing what you always do, and you're going to fail how you always fail, no matter what outside input tells you. But a professional says this, I'm going to learn from someone else's mistakes so I can jump ahead of where they ever were. So this morning, you have an opportunity to either learn from someone else's mistakes or continuing to fail through yours. Now, can, can we all say yes to this? We're going to fail sometimes. Yeah. Yes. But my job as a dad is to not let my kids fail at the easy places that I failed at. And I bet you, if you ask my dad that question, he would say, yeah, my goal was so that my kids wouldn't fail where I failed at. And hopefully, when my kids start having kids, no pressure, like, but like, hopefully they look at their life, because I, here's a fact, I'm not perfect. I just assumed I'd get a lot of amens from up here because of the announcements earlier. But like, I know I'm not perfect, but ideally I'm progressing. I'm moving forward in life. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the children of Israel. If you don't know about these guys, I'm going to give you a quick overview. You got, had a guy named Abraham who God's promised him that there would be a generation and descendants that would be more than the stars of the sky or the sands of the, the beach, that he would just have a huge amount of descendants. And so you had Abraham who actually had just one kid. And then Isaac, Abraham had Isaac, and then Isaac had Jacob. And then Jacob ended up having 12 sons. And those 12 sons, they became a very famous one. His name was Joseph. Does anybody remember what color Joseph's jacket was? 
many colors, right? Joseph in the technicolor dream coat. There you go. And so Joseph ended up being the famous one. But what we can't forget about is Joseph was one of, can I say this, 12 tribes, 12 descendants, 12 people groups. Because eventually you had, uh, uh, you had Jacob and his sons, they were running out of food, huge famine in the area, and they went to a place called Egypt in order to buy food. But when they bought food, when they got there, little did they know Joseph, who was the baby brother thrown in the pit years earlier, had made him his way all the way to Egypt. He went to, from a pit to a prison, from a prison to a palace. Now he's overseeing all of Egypt. So the, the brothers come in to buy grain in Egypt and little do they know they're buying it from their brother and then eventually joseph reveals himself and who he is and he says listen you you think you meant to do harm but god has sent me here ahead of you because you need freedom because the famine that's happening in the land it's not ending anytime soon so joseph and his brothers eventually all moved to egypt and upon moving to egypt God rescued them during a time of famine. So just know this. The captivity that we're about to start or talk about started with a blessing from God. Okay? And so now you have the children of Israel who have been in Egypt for 430 years now. And during this time period, rather than being a, a group of Israelites out on a hill raising some sheep, they now became captive to Israel, or excuse me, I Egypt. And so Egypt is now taken over Israel. They are slaves there. What they did, how they did it, I don't know, but I can tell you this. There were times that they had to make bricks without straw. There were times that we know for a fact that the Egyptians were so abusive that they were beating a man and Moses stepped in. And the only reason he stepped in to try to defend him, he actually killed an Egyptian. So I'm guessing, can we just, I'm, I'm guessing it was a violent environment. I'm guessing it was a harsh environment. I'm guessing they didn't have many days off and they got to celebrate, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever they did. Like, it was slavery. But the children of Israel started calling out to God. And upon calling out to God, God sent them a, a deliverer by the name of Moses. And everybody, is everybody kind of at least somewhat familiar with the story? So Moses comes in and it, we had 10 plagues that hit Egypt. And these 10 plagues at the end of it, the Pharaoh finally said, listen, it's time for you to go. Get out of here. And so you read in Exodus 12, 33 through 42, which I don't have all of these scriptures up there. I just, it, there's the block of it. We know that 600,000 men on foot, not counting women and children. We know that the Egyptians urged the people to leave, urged the Israelites to leave. We know that they filled, their, filled them with gold, silver, and clothing. And it was after 430 years, the children of Israel were finally being set from captivity. And here's the thing that I want to say. Our comfort will eventually be our captor if we seek freedom outside of God. Our comfort will eventually be our captive if what we're not seeking is who God is. The children of Israel originally came to Egypt, and they came to Egypt because they needed food. They needed substance. And so God sustained them during that time period. But while they were there, it's apparent that they started focusing more on what they had versus whose they were. 
And if we wait too long in a place of comfort, it will eventually be our captive. But by the way, I'm going to go completely kind of side note here. If anything in your life you seek to comfort you, eventually you will be become an addict to it. And so any place in your life of, I just need a release, I need comfort, I need ease. So you know what? I'm going to start with one glass of wine every night. It just helps me go to bed. Don't be surprised if you're eventually drinking a handle worth of vodka every night, (laughs) right? Because it eventually becomes this place, I need comfort. But the problem is anytime we try to grab comfort from worldly things, we have an insatiable appetite. It will never fulfill us. Because it actually is depreciating in what it gives us. The more that I drink, the more that I have to have to ever go back to what that was. And you're like, well, I don't have a drinking problem. No, but do you have a spending problem? Do you have a porn problem? Do you have a gossip problem? Do, you have a, do I need to make more examples? Are we all on the same page? Right? We go there because we think we'll find comfort. But in finding comfort there, all you'll end up finding is captivity. But now the children of Israel who once had comfort because God gave them substance, were they willing, or let me say it this way, will you miss today's opportunities because you're holding on to yesterday's blessings? So the thing that you had from God now is a blessing, was a blessing. The problem is God doesn't want you to stay where you're at or you're going to start worshiping the blessing versus worshiping the blesser. But would you be willing to let go of today's blessing to reach towards a tomorrow's promise? That's where the children of Israel are at right now, is they have a house, they have work, they have food. But the problem is God didn't call them to stay here in Egypt, God called them to follow him. So I'm holding on to the blaze blessing. And by the way, you're going to see in a little bit the mindset that we have holding on to blaze blessings. But God's saying, wait, I have a promise for you. What's the promise? Just leave. That's not a promise. That's a direction. Right? That's not a hopeful thing. Like if you tell me, if you tell me, listen, I promise what you're going to let go. If you let go of this, I'm going to give you that. And as long as I can look at that and know that it's better, it's easy to let go of it. Let me give you an example. If you said I could be healthier if I let go of chocolate just to grab onto something else, okay, I'm willing to listen. But if you say let go of chocolate to grab a hold of cauliflower, <laughs> I'll never let go of chocolate. Because just so you know, cauliflower is not a crust. I don't care what you do to it. And right now, we got some vegans. We got some people in here ready to defend it. You're wrong. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to the world, right? But I'm not willing. There's like four people offended with me right now. For those in our chat, just give me a thumbs up with chocolate, not the chocolate emoji. That's something else. So, like... I don't want to step into an unknown because what if the unknown isn't what I assume it should be or thought it should be? But yet, how do I progress forward with God if I refuse to let go of the blessings that he's already given me unless your faithfulness and your promises, my confidence, right? By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm going to request for that song to be saying every Sunday this month. Amen. Because that is, and by the way, that is a formal request, whoever I have to make that to. I'm pretty sure I know who I have to make it to, but 
It's just true. So when it comes, when it comes to walking into the new, I'm going to give you kind of three things you just need to know about it. And then I, we need to deal with some mindsets. So the first thing I want you to read is Exodus 12, 42. So this is the night, the children of Israel, 600,000 men and women, you could probably make an argument, 3 million plus minus people exiting in a single night. It says this in Exodus 12, 42, because the Lord kept vigil that night to bring them out of Egypt. On this night, all the Israelites are to keep vigil to honor God, the Lord, for generations to come. And so this is, we're being actually called to remember God because on this night, when it was time for the children of Israel to leave, here's the picture that I get. Imagine a single door and the guy sitting there was God with a clipboard. He goes, Cammie, gotcha, boom. David, gotcha, boom. Gideon, gotcha, boom. When it says that he was staying vigilant, when it was staying, God himself was making sure that everyone was moving out that needed to. Here's one thing that you need to know moving into this next year. If God is calling you, God will be faithful to move you. Okay? Because God cares more. He's committed to you being free. The reason we celebrate people taking their next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ is because most of the times when we're progressing forward, we're progressing towards freedom. God is not committed to your comfort. No one wants amen, so I'll give you this one. God is not committed to you being right. God is not committed to your happiness. God is committed in your freedom, but you need to know this. As you step into your freedom, the enemy will fight the hardest right before you find your freedom. Because if he's losing control, he will do everything to gain control back over you because he doesn't want you to leave Egypt. But for you, you need to know this. When it comes, the tolerance of your pain will determine your potential for growth. By the way, you can be a Christian and this make impact. You cannot believe in Jesus or anything. And this is true. And here's how I can prove it. Your tolerance for pain determines your potential for growth. Do you know why they give people raises in jobs? To give them more money. No, no, no. Because they believe they can tolerate pain more than the other people. Because of growth, because of uh, advancements in your work, you don't get advanced just because you are the one deserving of that. As a good boss, they advance you because they know the more that you advance, the more pain comes to that position. But we try to avoid pain. The problem is, Pain brings us growth. And so, well, this can't be God because it hurts. Can you... This is so side note. If I hear one more time, well, if you just had enough faith, that wouldn't happen. Here's the problem with that. 11 of the 12 apostles died by, by crucifixion, by beatings. Are you telling me that if Matthew had more faith, he wouldn't have died? Are you telling me that Peter, are you telling me? No, 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 listen. The more that you embrace God, the more pain's probably coming your way because the more you understand him, the more potential for growth that you have. So if you have pain in your life, instead of rebuking it by the devil, why don't you say this? God, thank you 
This is a mindset that we need to have. God, thank you for the pain because you know what? Anytime I have pain, I can see growth. I don't go to the gym and lift weights to feel good afterwards. A good workout is when you're sore two days later. Why? Because you put something heavy against yourself to push it off. And you're like, well, I'm not good at studying. That's why I never got my degree. Hang on, maybe you should add that pain to your life. Maybe you should do those mental exercises. And so your tolerance for pain determines your potential to growth. And the one thing you need to know is God is more interested in you being free than anything else. And for you to be free probably means you're going to have some pain. That's a good news. Amen. Praise God. There it is. Exodus 13, 17 through 18. Now the children of Israel have all left. And when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. Can we just pause? I have finally found biblical proof that God takes the long way around everything. I don't know if I can say it for the whole Bible, but for this part I can. Because there's been a lot of times when I went left to go left to go left, to go left. And all I had to do was make a right. And God was like, congratulations. You went exactly the road that I needed to. It would have been shorter if they would have gone through the road by the Philistine country. But God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the road towards the Red Sea. And the Israelites went up out of Egypt although they were ready for battle. One thing that you need to know as you move into this next year, it's not, was the road the shortest? The question needs to be, was the road the correct one? Because just because you think you're ready for a battle, God might know that you're going to lose a war. And the Philistines in the Bible always represents the flesh. Egypt is going to represent a mindset that isn't of God. And here's what God's realizing. Listen, before you're ready to fight your flesh, you better get your mind correct. Say, I'm saying it again. Before you, we always fight all these things in our life. Well, I need to quit this habit. I need to quit talking like this, or I need to quit. I need to have positive affirmation. I need to have words. Great. I'm glad that you want to fix that flesh stuff, but you're never going to fix the flesh stuff if you don't fix the head stuff. And you know, I'm ready to fight this thing. And God's going, no, you're just going to go and you're going to have a temporary victory, but eventually you're going to go back to the way that you've always thought. And so when it comes, here's a place of worship and gratitude. God will actually offset your weakness in order to manage your holiness. He will offset your weakness so that you can make advancements in your freedom. And we have to be able to trust God as a strategic warrior in our life, as the strategic general in our life to be able to do such things. Man, I have a whole little cloud thought that I'm not going to share with you. I will share it, just real quick, real quick. Just complete sign. I have to, I have to. Um, uh, do you know, as you read this, you find out that there, there was a cloud and a fire to travel with them. And by the way, if you're new to Jesus, you're new to the Bible, this might sound really weird, but we believe that the children of Israel knew where to go because during the day there was a fire or there was a cloud that they would physically follow, but then as it shifted to night, that cloud would switch to a fire. 
And, and then before they actually crossed the Red Sea, that cloud moved behind them to create separation between Pharaoh and the children of Israel so they could pass safely. Here's why this is incredibly powerful. In the desert at night, it gets very cold, but God provided warmth. And during the day, it becomes very, very sunny, and God provided shade. In the middle of your battle, God will provide what you need in order to live where he's called you. Okay? Third kind of thought that we need to be aware of, Exodus 14, 3 through 4. So now all of a sudden, children of Israel are gone. And instead of going the short road, they went the long road. And by the way, if you look at the road, the road is between like two mountainsides. And um, um, someone in military helped me. Is it called kill trap or kill box? Does that sound right? Where you funnel people into a small area to then, hey, does anybody play Fortnite? Help me out here. Like, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I thought you were listening. Now you proved it. Thank you. So, so the children of Israel are going, I'm going to call it a kill box. I don't know if that's right. But basically, mountains on either side of uh, uh, the Red Sea right in front of them, nowhere to go. Pharaoh just had to march in. Pharaoh, he will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. But then God says this. I can't wait to bother you with this one. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue you guys. I will harden the enemy's heart to make sure he comes after you. I will tick off the enemy so much that you're seeking your freedom. He's going to intentionally come after you and work harder than ever before to get you back. No one wants to amen that one. Okay, it's here. We got to, we got to read it. We're going to learn from their mistakes in order for us to become the experts God calling us to. But then God goes on, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Here's the question. Did God allow it or did God cause it? Big question. Theologians for thousands of years have debated. Is it because of God or is it God allowed it? And right now, here's the answer that I want to say to you to satisfy your soul. I don't care. I don't care. If you're in the middle of a fight right now, do you really care if it's God's fault or someone else's? Or do you want to solve the fight? Right? Do you want to look at the fight that you're in the middle of and start blame shifting, which we're going to talk about in a second? Or do you just want to know who's next to you? The reason I love this mindset is when you step out into your new day, if it's, a, if it's a new year resolution, if it's your word for the year, whatever that might be, if it's a new job that you want to go back, if it's 100 hours of nursing that you have to cover, if it's trying to, like, whatever these things might be that you have to step out and do, when it hits the fan and things get hard, is that the time you want to figure out whose problem it is or did you want to figure out who's in this problem with you? And here's what God said, I'm going to harden their heart in order for you to know who I am as God. Here's a place of gratitude. When life is getting tougher and the enemy is getting stronger, God's about ready to show up and do his flex on the situation. 
And we as his followers can pause for a second and we can go, God, where is your glory about to be revealed? Because the moment God steps in, the moment you get a, 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 a doctor's you know, note or they just say, hey, we found this on you and there's nothing we can do. And all of a sudden you have a miracle on the backside. God gets a level of glory that you've never had before. Oh, so you're saying God gave him cancer. No, no, no. I'm not saying he gave it or allowed it. Here's what I'm saying. You're going to find him in the middle of it. But wait a second, they passed away. Okay, this is the tough one. Let's be honest. God could have healed them. Why didn't he heal them? Except, do you know in the middle of it? Here, here's, a, here's a testimony for you. Uh, a, a partner here at the church just lost her mom, 92 years old. January 1st, very tough thing. At 92 years old, before passing away, the mother invited Jesus into her life for the very first time. Why didn't God heal her? He did. He did. He healed her soul. He delivered her from the freedom of death because the moment we are absent from this body, we are present with him. If, we, if we're only going to accept God through the paradigm and lens that I, we think he should come through, we drastically underestimate who our God is. But if we look at these situations and we realize that God will do this to gain glory for himself, man, that means that we can't worship ourselves, but we can find new reasons to worship him. So those are a couple of things, but here are the mindsets that I think we need to face. Exodus 14 we're going to read verses 11 through 15, then we're going to break them down for a couple minutes because these are mindsets you need to deal with. And then they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves? So now all of a sudden you have the children of Israel. They have come out of Egypt. They're stinking rich. They have gold. They have silver. They have clothes. They have everything they need to start moving into the new life. They look behind, Pharaoh's on his way with his choice chariots, which by the way, there's a lot of debate. I almost put maps up of like, here's where the children of Israel went. And here's, there's actually kind of some debates on where they went because some people say they went to a, shor- a sh- more shallow part and was able to cross on, in shallow water. By the way, that's still a miracle because it says that all of Pharaoh's men were swallowed up by water and drowned. So if, they, if we crossed in two inches of water, it means he drowned them in two inches of water. So that's cool testimony, right? But the other is that when, it, when you look at the words there, it's almost like he paused everything. You know, and so the children of Israel went across it. There is some uh, historical proof where there's at the bottom of the Red Sea, they have found round coral with spokes and you can actually, it is, it, they believe they have found where the children of Israel have actually crossed. Our faith should be confirmed by the world we live in. And so we are able to find these type of things. And so children of Israel, they haven't crossed the Red Sea yet. Pharaoh's coming down upon them. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Would it have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert? And Moses answered all of them, shut up, you whiny little brats. Now, that's how I would have done it. They were in captivity. They were being beaten. 
They were being told what to do, when to do. Now they have piles of gold, silver, and clothes, and they now have freedom. And the first thing they start doing is complaining. So Moses says, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see deliverance from the Lord uh, will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today will never see again. Important line. First, let's do this. It said, they said, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? As you move into this year, whatever kind of goals and agendas that you have in your life, here is one thing that you need to solve immediately is a defeatist mentality. You have a God, think about this, who in 10 plagues showed up and showed off the Egyptian God. Pharaoh wasn't just a guy. They believed that he was a god. And don't forget, the first time that Moses threw his rod down, the sorcerers on the Egyptian side was able to match that type of, let's call it what it is, witchcraft. So there was some very powerful spiritual things happening. But after about two, they were pretty worn out, the Egyptians. After three, they couldn't keep up. After six, they were telling them to stop. By the time they lost all the firstborn, the Egyptians said, we want you to leave immediately. And now, all of a sudden, the children of Israel are just out in something new, and they're turning on the God that just brought them a freedom. But that's because they are at least five to six generations of a defeatist mentality through slavery. We, can, I, can I take a half a step in, into social commentary? Just, just a half a step. mindsets can be generational okay so there has to be grace there for people to process it but at the same thing mindsets also need to be broken with intentionality so instead of standing outside of the egyptian mindset going hey we've never been here before so we don't know how to think out here can you tell us they immediately defaulted back to a mindset, and their mindset is one of defeat for 430 years. Are we really shocked by this? And if you're like, well, I'm shocked by it. Look at all the freedom that God gave them. Yeah, but you're on your third marriage, and you're not pretty sure you're keeping this one either. Was that too, was that too specific? Okay. By the way, I don't know any of you that have been married three times, but there it is. You wonder why you keep getting back into a bad relationship. You wonder why your boss continues to be a horrible person. You wonder why you never have money at the end of the month, and it's everybody else's fault. And the fact is, you are just living with a defeated mindset. And at some point, you have to figure out how to live victorious. And here's how you live victorious. Find someone who is living the way you want to live and go to them and say, can I have the mindset that you have? Because right now, here's what they have. You would rather die in the familiar than live in the unknown. And he's going, no, all we got to do is cross a body of water, but they're coming. Well, don't worry, the cloud is moving, but they're going to get us. No, they probably won't. But it's your reaction that you would have after 430 years of abuse. Hey, church, you're not defeated. You're more than conquerors. You serve the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. This is what our God calls us to. Yeah, but I'm in a tough time. You're not in a tough time. You're on the long road around it. 
If you wanted a tough time, he would put you on the short row and you'd get the snot beat out of you and go back to where you've always been. But God's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your freedom. So let's not use that excuse. It goes on to say, what you have done to us by bringing us out of the familiar. Blame shifting. This is a wonderful tool. There is nothing better than when I'm frustrated to blame someone else. Does that feel good? Yeah. By the way, the house is never dirty because of me. The car never needs gas because of me. My relationship with my spouse is never on rough times because of me. Right? It's easier for it to all be someone else all the time. And if you're going to live in 2004, blame shifting all of your problems onto someone else, then there's no one to take ownership to solve the problem you're in. If it's their fault, if it's their fault, we're going to keep pushing it back. No, no, no. It's me. This is where I'm living. It's time for me to have this ownership. And didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Just because you make a determination in your head in December that you're going to change by January, here's the phrase that it's not my original. You can take the people out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of the people, right? right? You guys have probably heard it like this. You can take the girl out of trailer park, but you, okay, so like, wait. <laughs> so maybe you haven't heard it that way before. <laughs> you can take him out of the hood, but you can't take, okay, I mean, I mean we've all heard it, right? It's the mindset. You don't use, yeah, I'm supposed to stop using examples now. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hang on. <laughs> but is this one allowed? Just, I'm asking. I'm asking for a friend. No. It's one thing to leave. It's another thing to let it go. It's one thing to move them out of Egypt. It's another thing to let the Egypt mindset out of them. And here's what we have to understand. And I think COVID taught this better than anything else. And I'm so tired of hearing this phrase. We just need to get back to normal. What? No. Hang on a second. Do you know what normal to you is? It's familiar. There's no such thing as normal. Actually, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, we should always be advancing. We should always be moving forward. I am not sad that I don't have a newspaper on my front doorstep every morning. I'm not sad about it. I don't care. You know why? We've advanced forward. If I want the news, I can look it up through big tech who's censoring it. And so, but hang on. Move on. No, 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 no. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> or, or they'll block me. No, I, so. <laughs> I haven't really been able to preach for a couple weeks. You can tell, can't you? I felt like Christmas, I was all stagnant, or like, Joseph and Mary, we had a baby, <laughs> but now I'm ready to preach. And, uh, and the baby was a good baby. We're happy we got him, virgin birth, it's great, but uh, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be talking about right now. And so if we keep saying to ourselves, we have to just get back to normal, here's what we're saying. We have to get back to the land that we found comfort, even though it might not be our destiny. I have to get back to the lifestyle because in that place that might have originally been a blessing by God, I found a place of comfort. And after all, if I'm comfortable, that means God is pleased. God's not pleased with your comfort. He's pleased with your freedom. I'm going to keep saying that because it's important to know. But what we have to understand is there is no such thing as normal because normal for you is not normal for someone in the Philippines. 
Normal as an American is not normal for someone who went through the Holocaust. Normal for a Holocaust is not the... Time keeps changing. We keep advancing. Society keeps regressing. Those are all wonderful things. But if all we ever want to do is get back to normal, I have a feeling normal's going to leave with God. And we're going to find ourselves between two hills and a river with the enemy coming down upon us, trying to figure out what happened. It's because you didn't move with the cloud. You didn't move with the fire. You didn't move with his presence. final one he said this it would have been better for us to serve the egyptians than to die in the desert if there's one statement i'm going to say today that i would love for everyone to pay attention stop believing a lie somewhere in your life you are believing a lie serving a lie and working for the lie And it is not better for you to die in Egypt. It isn't better for you to die in captivity. It isn't isn't better for you to die outside of the will of God. Stop believing the lie. What lie? Your lie. The lie that dad said over you. The lie that mom said over you. The lie that the school teacher said over you. The lie that some doctor who was pushing pills tried to put on you. And now I have to live by these things we got to stop believing those lies and start understanding that God isn't called us to be Christians with the Egyptian mindsets. He's called us to be Christians who follow him no matter where the cloud goes. Even if we see a shortcut, we're going to follow the journey because there's battles to be won, there's victories to be had, and there's advancements that we have to step into. But don't forget that God also said this at the very end of that verse. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Deliverance will be the Lord. The Egyptians will see you today and will never see you again. There's a chance that God wants your enemy to be publicly destroyed in front of you so that you no longer have the fear that it's coming after you. Because if you always think, I'm going to get that phone call. If you always think this is going to show back up, if you always think, hey, I've been sober for this amount of time, but I don't know about that amount of time. If you've always thought, man, this marriage is going good, but the last one was good at this point. If you always have this mindset, then you'll always be living with the thought that the enemy is chasing down after you. But if you're standing on the battlefield where that enemy dies, you now have a place of worship and gratitude. This is why we let God run the battles the way we do. And so I, I, last week I mentioned this, and I want to mention it again. I think it's powerful. I was surprised at the um, feedback that I got. Last week I encouraged you to, to make a gratitude journal to a place where you can document the good things that have happened. Because one thing that I have found out in my life, that when negativity shows up, he brings all his friends. Has anyone ever had that before? Man, I think I might have told you this story a while, but... The, I, it was on, uh, it was when I had some blood clots a couple months back, weeks back, and I was at home and I wasn't able to do any of my normal routine of going to the gym and going to the office and seeing friends and all this. And there was a point where I actually said to my wife, I don't even think I should be a pastor anymore. Didn't I? I woke, I go, I don't know. I go, can we, can you even name one person that I've helped? Can you, like, it was, because when you are going down, it's like, that's as far as I'm going, just so you know. We're going to pull those back up. 
But there's something that happens when you let negativity in. He goes, oh, hey, party at Amston's head. And everything starts showing back up, right? But we have to get to the point where we find the freedom here to be able to move out. And one of the greatest things, 10,000 things can be going right, but the one negative that shows up, he seems to be the loudest talker. But what if I had a journal that I could go back to? What if, I, what if we had a place that you could just fill out and tell stories where we constantly have stories going of people's victories? There's something powerful that happens when we understand what gratitude does in our life. So if you're here today and you want to start something for 2024, start a gratitude journal. Find the things, not just the thing that you want to be grateful for, but why are you grateful for it. Write a paragraph about it. This was here, this was abundant, this was this and this. And then third, go find a scripture to add to it. So now you're attaching God's word to the promises he gave you. Because somewhere through this year, you're going to find yourself in a spot. And here's what I think the spot looks like. Ready for this? Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. So Moses says, the Lord's going to fight for you. All you have to do is be still. So everyone be still. Then the Lord looked at Moses. Why are you all crying out to me? Get to work. So this next year, are you supposed to be still? You're supposed to do something. I have no idea. I don't. It, it doesn't make sense to me. This scripture doesn't make sense to me. Because in one hand, we're told to be still in God. But then the other hand, it's saying move forward, oh, in God. Okay, hang on a second. What if the be still is that all the modes of operation that you usually did to try to attack your world that would only put you back in Egyptian mindset, why don't you stop doing that until you see the cloud or fire of God move? And if all you ever do is sit at home going, God, make my day better. God, help me, help me find a job. And the computer's right there, and you can get on and start putting in applications. You're like, God, someone's going to knock on my door. No, they're not. You're lazy. Get on the computer. Let's do, let's, okay, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but let's just be practical. There are times in our life, like, I know I'm in a season of my life right now. I am just waiting on God to reveal something. And I'm fine with that because I have the faith that this is what God's called us to. But then there's some other places in my life where I don't wait on God. You know what I do? I move with the God mindset. I move out in where I can and what I can do. God wasn't waiting for the children of Israel to stand still so individual angels can come pick them up. He was saying, listen, rest in what I've told you about. In other words, stop using things such as blame shifting. Stop losing old mindsets. Stop being loyal to a lie. Stop letting the enemy overtake you in between your two ears. Stop that. Now let's move forward with the things that God has for you. Because there are places in your life that if you just wait on God all the time, you will wait for nothing. 
But then there's other times where we must wait upon the Lord. So when do you do that? How do you do that? What does that look like? I don't know. But you know who does? The Holy Spirit who's alive and active in your life. This is when we leverage that relationship with God and just say, okay, God, I don't know if I'm supposed to move. I don't know if I'm supposed to stay. So God, here's what I'm going to do. Speak through your word as I'm reading your scripture. Speak through those trusted friends in my nav groups and small groups and interest groups and gen groups and serve groups. Trust, speak to those trusted friends. Speak to me through my prayer life. But God, I need to hear from you because I'm ready to move with you. So we need to have these mindsets in place. And one of the things I want to do to help you with this mindset, um, if, if you have the Bible app on your phone, I found this amazing, uh, I think this one's a five-day reading challenge. It's called Overcoming by Chris Mendez. Um, I think that's what the little logo looks like. If you have the Bible app, uh, you will, don't worry, you're going to get a push notification on your uh, app. If, you, if you've never downloaded our app, but you want to be a part of this for the next couple days, reading as a church, download the app right now. Go to your app store and download Navigation Church. You will get a push notification. But tomorrow morning, I know you're going to get another notification just saying, hey, if you want to read this with the church, here's what it looks like. But I say this, how about over the next five days, we as a church choose to overcome? Choose to overcome mindsets, choose to overcome belief systems, choose to overcome the Egyptian way of thinking that's trying to keep us back in 2023 versus the God movement that's pulling us into 2024. So Holy Spirit, come and move. God, if we were honest about repenting, there are so many mindsets that we have, thoughts that we, that we, we process, that it's just against who you are as our deliverer. But I'm going to start 2024 by saying this. I believe that the, the, the fire that's moving, the cloud that's covering, I believe you are worth following. God, take me out of my comfort zone today. Holy Spirit, I do ask that when it comes to the pressures of life, I pray that our tolerance for the pain becomes increasingly greater because the more that we can tolerate, the more strength that we find through it. So God, lead us where you're calling us to. Put the pressure on us that you know that we can overcome. But then God, those stinking mindsets that keep us from being who you called us to, those external enemies that continue to try to come after us. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom on how to win. Because your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. We move into those promises today. You know, if you could just keep your eyes closed for a second longer. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I know... I know I've been talking a lot about Israel and this Old Testament thing, but it all leads up to this birthday we just celebrated a couple weeks ago. We believe that Jesus Christ, born unto a Virgin Mary, lived for 33 plus years here on earth. And at Easter, we're going to celebrate that he hung on a cross, died for our sins, but then rose again three days later. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, no one else is looking, it's just you and I, I'm talking to you in our online community right now. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but there's something about today that you're thinking, no, I need to get this figured out. 
If you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, could I ask you just to slide your hand in the air just so that I can see that you've made that response? And as hands are going up here, the same question is going to be asked to our online community. And all, all you need to do is hit like on a comment that they threw in, or depending on if you're somewhere else, there may be a little tab that pops up and you click the yes box. But we'd love to know that you have made the same declaration of faith as those sitting in here. And so if you're in our online or if you're here in person, could I ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, today is the day that I'm ready for complete freedom. And that freedom is from sin and death. Forgive me of my sins. Become Lord of my life. And from this day forward, I follow you. God, I thank you for every hand that went up. I thank you for every mouth that confessed. Lord, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we're saved. And so now, God, we walk. We follow you all the days of our life. We celebrate with those that made that declaration for the first time. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's put our hands together and celebrate for those. I will have you out of here in less than two minutes. Ready for this? If you raise your hand today for the very first time, we would love to help you take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus. Please stop by our next step boots. We're ready to help you take your next step. If you're a guest, maybe you've been here one, two, three, four, five times, and you're just trying to figure out more of who we are, please stop by our Connecting Center. We have some gifts back there for you. For everybody else, God bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine out upon you. May the fire by night and the cloud by day be evident to you. God bless you. Dismissed. Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, know Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.